everybody. How are we today? Good, 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 good. After almost noon, good to have you guys. I'm Jeff, and I'm one of our pastors on staff, and I want to say really, I'm really, really happy you're here. Um, we are now in starting today our third series of this year. Series are kind of our expression, our way of talking about the blocks of content ideas we're talking about for selects amount of time. So this is our third series in this year. The very first series we kicked off this year, we kicked off this year with an idea of what if this year was our best year yet and we leveraged this year to do whatever God said to us through his word we would do. So the very first series we said, hey, what if this was, this was like a revival year, like a year that God would revive us both in our hearts, in our church, and maybe even our city and beyond. Then the very last series we just did, we just finished up this series called The Home or The House, which I could never, ever figure out what the name of it was. Even to this day, I'm still vacillating back and forth on that. Uh, but we finished up that series, and that was the idea, basically for us, as human beings, as married couples, as single people, as families with kids or kids that are grown up, um, that, this, that idea with that series was for us to really look at our lives and evaluate and say, Basically, as we see in God's word, we're going to build our house on a solid foundation. That would be Christ. And we're going to do whatever he says to do. Because as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so we kind of camped out on that. We walked away from that. I heard a lot of wonderful response in that series. A lot of you have made real steps and real strides. And you took spiritual steps in that series. Today's series kicks off with the same mindset. My hope and my prayer is that the, in this series, as we call it Money Game, and you'll know where we're going in just a minute, that all of us would say, if God says it in his word, I'm going to do just like I've been doing in the last few series. If he says it, I'm going to allow it to be activated in my heart, and I'm going to take spiritual steps because, again, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to do what he says. So this series, let me talk about this. Uh, we're kind of wrapping the idea of, ra of money into terms of sports because everybody loves sports. How many of you guys, you are sad right now because football season is over? Anybody like that? And you're like, ah, I like basketball, but I love football more. Anybody like that, right? How many of you guys are like, I'm, I like basketball, but I can't wait for baseball, right? Real full-on baseball. Some of you guys are baseball fans. I know we got the, got the uh, uh, two fellows up here in the front who are superstar baseball guys. Um, a lot of us are, love sports. How many of you guys are Broncos fans? Did we ever celebrate you guys? No. Okay, that's all right. Um, did, 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 we, did we actually ever celebrate any Alabama fans? Yeah. Okay. We're not going to today, okay? Um, as much as you would love us to, we love sports. And one of the things we know about sports, in all sports, um, you have what's called a timeout, right? A referee uh, will get the nod from someone on the basketball court you know, a player or a coach, and they'll, they'll, they'll throw the timeout, right? Uh, football the same way. So what do, what do we know about timeouts? Timeouts are used, and coaches use them for a variety of things. Sometimes coaches will call a timeout, and they'll huddle up their team, and they'll say, hey, we got to get our heads in the game, right? There's stuff going on. Uh, you guys are doing great. However, we, we're not doing exactly what we plan to do, and we got we to gotta kind of, you know, we got to, change the momentum right now. So, so coaches will oftentimes say, we need to kind of regroup. We want to identify maybe a problem. Uh, oftentimes they'll, 
they'll identify, hey, there's something going on that the other team is doing that we need to capitalize on. So they'll, they'll pull a timeout to say there's an opportunity, and we want to capitalize on, a, on that opportunity. So coaches throw and have timeouts, and teams uh, use timeouts for a variety of different things, but it's always to advance so they can do what? To win, right? And so like our finances, we want to look at throwing or having a timeout so that we can win financially. Now, there's a variety of reasons why we would want to have timeouts. Some of us, you recognize you need a timeout in your finances. Some of you guys don't recognize you need a timeout in your finances. Usually, all of us recognize there needs to be a timeout in our finances when what happens? When the bottom falls out, right? We're like, oh my gosh, our finances are a wreck. We're like, ah, we're choking on it. We're, we have... We have less than what we need, and, you know, all the times, that, that's the easiest time to know you need to call a timeout. But we need to call timeouts before we have problems. In fact, we've been planning this series not in terms of we need to find a, a, a timeout because there's any kind of problem, but we planned this series back in September knowing that just money itself is something we need to talk about. Money is something that all of us, from time to time, whether you see an opportunity in your finances for there's an opportunity or we need to regroup and talk about how God's what God says about our money however we arrive there it's it's great always great to have a time out a pause where you evaluate your money where you talk about your stuff and so in this series we're going to talk about our stuff so let me let me break this down why why do we talk about money right why why does a church talk about money and let me just say this Many of you have expressed over the seven-year history of our church, you love how my church, this church, talks about money. We talk about money very naturally. We talk about money uh, very normal because we're normal. And we talk about money because it's necessary. And so the reason I want to help us see why today and in the future or why we talk about money, i got four reasons. I'm going to say four. i got four reasons. I've been in the South a little bit too long. All right, so here's four reasons, four reasons why we talk about money. Number one, money is a major cause of fear and anxiety. Would you, can I get an amen or a hallelujah out of that, right? All right, I was just kidding, really. You didn't have to, like, I was kind of going old school. Um, but, I mean, it's serious. I mean, all of us know, I don't think there's probably a person ever on the earth that hasn't had some fear or some anxiety tied to money. So that's why we talk about it. I mean, God, God doesn't want us to have fear. God doesn't want us to have anxiety. He knew it would be a part of life. In fact, that's why he talked about money a whole lot. But money is something that causes a lot of fear and anxiety, so we're going to talk about it. We're gonna, we're, we want to evaluate that. We want to we throw a, a, a time out and, and say, let's, let's, because that's important, let's talk about it. The second thing is money, money is, I don't know if you guys realize this, money is the number one, number one, cause for conflict in marriage how many of you guys are married how many of you guys agree with me right about 75 percent of you that's only because you've not been married long enough <laughs> or maybe that's maybe maybe because you don't have enough of it to argue about or maybe it's maybe you do understand because you don't have enough and it's an issue because all of us come from different backgrounds so if money is something that causes us fear and anxiety, and you have two different people that come from different backgrounds, and all of a sudden, they get together, they hook up, and all of a sudden, money that causes us fear 
an issue comes in the mix, oftentimes we see that in marriage, man, there is just conflict over this thing. How to spend it? Who spends it? Who spends the most? Who's in control of it? Right? 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 I mean, we got this. So, so we talk about money because that. Money is also, the reason we talk about money is because it's also talked about more in the Bible than heaven and hell combined. Now, that's kind of crazy, right? You would think, I mean, like, eternity is the most important thing, and I would agree with that, right? Because all of our money problems, we, we, can, look at through the, we can look at our struggle with money or how money affects us, and that can instantly be okay when we live in light of, like, eternity, right? One day God's coming back for us, so whatever debt we have or whatever we're saving for, you got kids and you got way too many girls and I'm just thinking of the Rubios right now. You got girls and you got you to gotta pay for weddings. You're like, oh my gosh, how do we save for that? Maybe Jesus will come back before all that happens, right? So I mean, we do get kind of the, the trump card. Maybe I shouldn't use that name, the trump card. Uh, so, alright. Uh, and, and, and here's the thing. God knew that we would have no issue talking about eternity. He knew we'd have no issue talking about heaven or hell, right? That's an easy one to get on board. I'm with the guy who offers me heaven, right? Right? We'd have no issue with that. God knew something about us. Therefore, money is talked about, heaven talked about 13 times more than heaven and hell combined. So God said it was important, so he talked about it. Lastly, the reason we're going to talk about money is that it is the essential to accomplish God's number one mission, which is what? His church. I mean, you think about it. I've had people complain and say, why does God allow people to go to bed without a roof over their heads? Why does God allow there to be large sects of humanity that are homeless why does God let that happen? Why, I mean, why does God let people go to bed with, 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 without a home, without food, without shelter? Why are there people right now in different parts of the world who are freezing without a coat? And I would say, that's not on God, that's on us. God wants us to look at our money in a certain way, that he wants to leverage our stuff for somebody else's forever. So, you know... It, th- this, this is a conversation that money is essential to accomplish God's mission, the church, what our role is to do with our stuff. And so we're going to talk about money because of those reasons. Those are big, bigger, shattering reasons, and they, they invite all of us a part of this conversation. Now, let me call out the pink elephant, the white elephant, whatever elephant that's in the room this morning. If you're squirming in your seat um, and upset that we're talking about this, let me just frame this up. If... Um, if we said, all right, for the person that gets upset and squirms in their seat every time I talk about anger, which we've done, right? We've, we've talked about anger and anger issues. And that person says, I'm just so frustrated I'm here this morning. I wish he'd pray so I could dip out real quick while he's praying because it makes me angry that we're talking about anger. What's that person's problem? What? Anger. You guys are right with me this morning. All right. Now, if somebody all of a sudden said, ugh. We're talking about forgiveness again. And I'm just, I, I'm just at a place where I'm just done forgiving. 
This person keeps on wronging me, and I keep trying to forgive them, but I'm no longer going to forgive them. I'm tired of this forgiveness stuff. What would we say their issue is? Forgiveness, right? And what if there's someone who's just like, I'm tired when the church is tired that the church talks about sin. We would call that person a what? A sinner. Ooh, right, bad people, sinners, right? So, I mean, come on. Here's the deal. If you're squirming in your seat, it might be that you're self-identifying yourself as someone who may have an issue with money. And that's all right. I got an issue with money. Right? Money, money connects and affects all of us. When it comes to what God says about money, oftentimes we get a little bit nervous because the concept around our belief. So this morning, let's look at our belief about this. I want to break this down this morning and basically call us for a moment today to huddle up, much like a coach. Let me, let me coach us today. Let me encourage us today. And I'm, I'm also a coach, but I'm also a player, a part of this team. So let me pull us together today. Let's, let's huddle up. I mean, if we could all kind of reach in, put our hands in, and be like, all right, let's huddle up, huddle up. Let's talk about how we can win. Because ultimately, God doesn't want us to lose with our money. God doesn't want you stressing in debt. God doesn't want you to, you know, to lose sight and overspend so that it causes friction in your marriage. And, and God wants to us to see money how he wants us to see it, essentially so that together we can win and so that people who are outside of the church who are looking at the believers they would actually see that we believe in what we say we believe, so God wants us to win. Agreed? So, so this morning, let's huddle up, and let's look at money through the lens of what God says about it, because God wants us to win with our stuff. All right, so the first thing that I want us to know about money, and essentially I'm going to tell you where we're going this morning before we go there, so you know where we're going. So... Hopefully, those of you that are squirming, you don't identify yourself. Uh, it may just help you. If you are squirming, my advice is just pretend and smile a whole lot, all right? Just, all right, just act happy about it, all right? Don't, when I say stuff, be like, dead gummit, we're talking, that hurt my toe, by the way. Uh, don't, don't go there, because then someone else will know who you are, so don't do that. So the first thing I want us to know about money is this, my money belongs to, comes from, and is intended for God, all right? Now, let me just talk about me. Jeff Murphy, my wife Christy was here just a minute ago. Our money and our kids' money, right? We kind of all package it together because we're a family. My money belongs to, comes from, and is intended for God. Your money, let me just talk about you. Your money. If we can get this, this is going to uh, honestly really revolutionize how we and open the door for us to win. Your money comes from, belongs to, got that reversed, and is intended for God. So how do we know that? How do we know that's just not some nice, wonderful statement that I just came up with this last week and want us to kind of grasp? Well, here's, here's one passage. One passage out of many passages, again, 13 times more than heaven or hell. God talks about this because he knows something about us. Here's one passage that I want to show you this morning 
that will prove that to us. Now, in First Chronicles 29, this is, uh, this, is, this is back in the day when God was leveraging and using Israel in a mighty, very powerful way. Uh, this, was, this time and period was before King David handed over the reins to Solomon. And it, was a dur- it was during a time when God was challenging Israel to go and build the temple. And here King David was, right before he passes on the reins to his son, he is challenging the people to bring their stuff, bring their resources, and prepare to build this temple. And so, and, and this is essentially like this most beautiful uh, instructional prayer that David ever prays. And in this prayer, he shows his heart, and he exercises uh, some very solid beliefs and foundation about how we can win with our money. And so we pull from this scripture today, First uh, Chronicles 29, verse 10. If you got your Bible, uh, if you don't, use your smartphone, uh, grab it. I want you to look at this. If not, we've got it up on screens for you. So in verse 10 it says, Then David, who is now the sitting king before it's passed on to his son Solomon. David models in this prayer. And he says, then David, the Lord, or praise the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. So here's David. He's about to pray, and he's got everybody there. Now, everybody's been bringing their stuff. You know, uh, back in those days, the way they they brought and were contributing to the cause, I mean, they brought everything. So here's David. He's modeling himself. He's got his pile of stuff he's brought so they could you know, decide how much they had, how much they need so they could build this temple. So they've got gold and goods, and I mean, there's piles of, like, you know, building supplies. Um, There's piles over here, you know, of, like, you know, supplies and some chicken, and I'm sure some people might have brought, well, maybe they didn't bring cats, because maybe they they were here last week to hear that message. So, um, So there's all kind of piles going on, and David's, David's now looking around at all the stuff that people have brought and all the people are assembled and now David begins to pray and he says this, O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. So all of a sudden, here's the king and you see this humility. He he knows his place. He knows he's king, he's David, but he's not God. So, O God, you know, and and he's he's taking a one-down position to God. May you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. And everything in the heavens and on earth is yours. God, we get this. God, we get that we're human, we're finite, you're God, you're infinite, and that everything in heaven and everything on earth is yours. O Lord, and this is, this is your kingdom. I mean, where we have our feet. Your world, it's all yours. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone. So, like, we get this. Like, all the stuff that we've brought, essentially you gave it to us. We're we're recipients of what you've done, how you've allocated, and we're bringing it to you because you alone have provided this. For you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand. And your and listen to this. And at your discretion, here's what's important for us to know. And at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. So here's David. Got all these people around. He's praying. 
And he's praying his heart to God. And, and here's this, this instruction that David reminds them that everything they have is because God has given it to them. Everything that, that they had was something that God had given to them. And God, and what he says is God ultimately, dis, God ultimately decides who gets what. So did you know that God decides and distributes who gets what? I mean, that's essentially what he's saying. Did you know that God decides and distributes who gets what? So ultimately, we get this picture in this first part of the passage that you're not responsible for what you have. You're just responsible for what you do with what you have. Because ultimately, it's all, again, from God, for us, used for God. So it all comes from God. And God decides who gets what amount. So question is, so we don't work hard, right? Since God decides, it's like, eh, we should all just quit working and live off the government. And I don't want to make this a political conversation. But the Bible would say, no, that's not it either. The Bible says all over, hey, work hard, don't be lazy, right? God wants us to work. God, but God wants us to remind in our effort to work, in our effort to do, he's the ultimate provider. He's the one who decides who gets what amount. Because all of us, if you're honest, if you're really, really honest, you know somebody out there who's just as smart or smarter than you, who works harder than you, and who makes less than you. If we're honest, you know somebody like that. You also know somebody out there who is, you know, lazy, not very bright, and who makes more than you, right? Right? We all know those people. And you're like, I'm scratching my head at this one. I don't understand it. I'm smarter than that dude. I work harder than that guy, but he's got way more than me. The bottom line is, God determines at his discretion who gets what. But that's not an excuse for you to, to be lazy. It's just for us to understand God is large and in charge. And it's by his hand and his might and his power that he decides who gets what. So David goes on, verse 13. Oh, our God, we thank you. We see him just humble, humble, humble. We thank you and praise you, your glorious name. But who am I? And who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you. And we give you only what you've given us first. Verse 15. We are here for only a moment. We're visitors and strangers in this land. And as our ancestors before us, our days on earth are like a passing shadow. Gone so soon without a trace, reminding us that you and I and our money are all temporary, here today and gone tomorrow. Verse 16, he goes on to say, Oh Lord our God, even this material that we have gathered, talking about all the stuff that, that, that I said before, was, was scattered and in piles and people brought their stuff. All this stuff, all this material that we've gathered, gathered to build a temple, essentially, here we, here we have it, is to honor your holy name, because it comes from you. It all belongs to you. So again, my money, my money belongs to, comes from, and is intended for God. So let me do this. I want to break that down. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to end quick today. I actually ended quick the first hour. So we're going to do that today. 
But I want to break this down for you. All right, so the first thing we see is when we look at my money belongs to God, comes from, is intended for God, the first thing we've got to walk away from here absolutely knowing, digesting, and getting for us to win with our money, for us to find freedom from the fear and anxiety, for us to win in our marriage because money is such a part of the conflict of that, we've got to understand, and this is, again, we've been saying this, but I want you to see this, God is owner. God is owner. God is the owner. Your stuff is not your stuff. Everything you have, everything that you've amassed, everything that you're going to ever earn or get, it is from God. He is owner. So if God owns everything, what do we own? Nothing. Now, who wants to really just accept that? That's hard, right? I mean, was that not the original struggle with, like, the very first struggle that's ever, that ever was of all of, you know, life itself? God had a heaven. He had some dudes in heaven. One of the guys goes south. What was it over? Who's in charge? Who's owner? Right? We got Lucifer in heaven. He becomes Satan. He's alive. Scripture says that. What was the first squabble in the, in the Garden of Eden? It's kind of like, who's in charge? Can I trust? Can, right? It was this, this same issue that we have today. If he's owner of everything, we really aren't owners of anything. That sounds bad at first when you think about it, but would I rather me be the source of my life and strength and everything that, that I want to have happen? Do I want to be owner or would I rather God be owner? It's kind of like my wife and I several years back uh, had a little, little side business that got started. And um, <clears throat> there was a few months after this thing just got rolling that it, it, it hadn't done what we had hoped it would do. And we had to kick money into it. And so first month, we're like, all right, we got to kick a little money into this thing. And we had a partner, had a business partner. And he, this guy would kick in a little bit. We kind of kept things floating. And this happened a couple months until all of a sudden, Christy and I, we didn't have anything else to put into it any longer. We were done. Like, savings, it's all there. We're like, okay, God, we saw this. We had a huddle. We, like, put the hands in and said, all right, we see an opportunity. We prayed about it. We go all in. All the chips are in. And all of a sudden, we're like, we got none left. Well, once that happened a couple times, we got really nervous. The anxiety, the conflict, the fear. Like, at an all-time high, until all of a sudden, the very next month, we find out our business partner, he's got a half a million dollars in his bank account. After that, we didn't worry at all. We were good. We're like, you put it in, man. You got all the money. And so then, that's what happened. It's kind of the same concept. When you know you aren't owner, and the owner is the complete source, that all of a sudden... We get really, really grateful. We get really, really thankful. And we can completely live free when we know I'm not the owner. And truthfully, I don't want to be the owner. Because my owner, our owner, is a whole lot better of a manager of life than I am. I don't see ahead very well. I'm, I'm, I'm in the moment guy. I mean, that's why we get guys like Ed Griffin Hagen on our staff and Cinnamon, others who are smart and, and like can plan and can be strategic. I mean, it's the same thing with God. God knows what's ahead of us. God knows you. He wrote the book about money, and he knew it was the thing that would connect to your heart. Now, here's the deal. God, God does not want from us. This is just not a, it's not a 
from us thing. God is a God that we know throughout history is a God who is for us. Why else would he take his most prized gift and resource, his son, and gift it for us? I mean, if there's, if there's ever a debate that God's not for us, you only have to track back far to see his son, right? And I've got three kids, and I wouldn't give them away for anybody, right? I, I wouldn't sacrifice them willingly for anybody. We just, this is not in our radar, but God did that for us. So we know God's a good God. So we can then all of a sudden say, God, I get that you're large and in charge, and it's by your hand and your power that I have anything that I have. The breath that I breathe, the mind that I have, I didn't make that on my own. That is a gift from God. God gifts and gives at his discretion. He is owner. Second thing is this. God is the source. God's, God's the owner and God's the source. He is the source. I'm not the source. It's easy for me to think I'm the source, but when it comes to this ownership source thing, I only, I only really get to pencil my name in, right? Daddy, source of the house. You know, what, that's just in pencil because it's really, it's all God's and he's the source. It's at his discretion who and how he blesses. And when, he, when we understand he is the source, again, we, get, we can get really, really grateful. We can get really grateful. Um, imagine if you went to your, your bank or your investor, right? Some of us are like, I wish I had an investor, <laughs> right? We, we wish we had an investor. But imagine whatever you have, don't have, just to pretend for some of you, that you, you go to your bank or you go to your investor and you go to show up to uh, see how your money is doing or how your money is growing or you go and you show up because you want to take some out and you want to go use it for something else. Imagine on that day that you show up and all of a sudden the bank or the investor said, hey, it's all good, but we took your money and we remodeled. We, we, we had some needs and we... You know, there were some areas we wanted to remodel our bank, or we, we took your money, and as your investor, uh, we took our whole team of investors, and we went on a cruise, and, and you can't have it right now. What would you say? You'd, you'd flip a wig, right? You'd be like, what? You can't do that. Why? Because it's my money. So when it comes to God as owner, when it comes to God as source, what do we do with that? We have to realize that if God is owner, and he is source, then we've got to consult the owner, before we can do anything with his money, right? In the very same way, we don't, we don't let anybody just choose to, to, to do what they want with our stuff, right? In the same way God says to us, listen, I love you. I know what's best for you. I don't want your money to own you. I want you to own it. But you must understand that ultimately I'm the owner, and I decide where the source goes. And I, I remember my, I had... Um, had a, I had a wonderful mom, and you guys know I've shared my story. She passed away, gosh, 20-some years ago now. But my mom used to always tell me, son, God can turn it on, and he can turn it off. He can turn it on, and he can turn it off. And I think those were some days where, where I was like, you know, 18 years old, and I thought I knew everything. And I thought I was in charge of everything. And I thought I was, I was, and, 
And my mom used to say, Jeff, I love you, but don't you forget, God can turn it on and God can turn it off. And I can hear that today in this conversation. God can turn it on and he can turn it off. He is source. He is owner. And to the degree that we get this, will we find freedom with our money? Because again, money is for so many people, so many families, such a big debacle, such a big struggle, such a, a thing that, that, that breaks relationship with God. Because God says, listen, this is an issue where you can learn to trust me or not trust me. This is, this is a deal breaker, not because I want your stuff, because I want your heart. Lastly is this, God's owner, God's source, God is the purpose. God is the purpose. Remember we said my money belongs to, comes from, is an intended for God. God's the purpose in all this. Where we're just, we're just people on a journey of life and one day this life is over. So God's the purpose of all our stuff. I mean, it's really not even about us. It's not even about our stuff. It's, it's all about God. God wants to get the glory through what you do. And not only does he want to get the glory through what you do and how you operate your stuff, he wants other people to see that you believe in what you say you believe in. So God wants to leverage your money for your personal growth, for your life to not be tied to or obstructed by this thing called money. And he also wants to leverage your stuff for other people's forever. So ultimately, our money is not our money, it's God's. The source really isn't us, it's God. And the purpose and point is really not us, it's also God. So let me just say this. As we kick off this, this series, I know this is, this, this is a heavy topic. I get that. We, we really just had an interpersonal conversation in my house. And a couple weeks ago, I was, kinda, I was trying to share this in one of the services. And I think maybe in this service, I was finishing up this conversation and the power went out right but really recently we sold we just sold a bunch of puppies and made a nice little chunk of unexpected money which was going to go towards our daughter's car which we have finally bought but we wanted we wanted to exercise this I, I want I wanted okay God I understand that this dog we had you put on the earth I didn't bear the dog and I, I know it's hard for you to imagine I didn't bear the dog. The do, do, God, it's God's creation. That way, that's way back on the ark. God decided to preserve animals, right? Well, I didn't do. I didn't have anything to do with that. All right. So and, and so, essentially, our dog birthed these puppies, and these puppies sold, and we made a nice little chunk of money. And so we said, "Hey, as a family, we're gonna we're gonna give off this. We're gonna tithe. We're gonna use this because we want to never allow money to control us. We want to control it." And so we we tied that money. Right? My wife went online this morning, and she, she made sure that was done. And we also got to get our, our, our daughter a car out of this thing. So I'm with you in this conversation. I'm with you in this. But for many of us, many of us, this is a struggle. And so in this series, my hope is that you would walk away understanding God is source, God is owner, God is source, and it's all intended for him. If, you can, if we can start wrapping our brains around this, I'm telling you, it's going to set up your, for you, your, your future and your family in such a way that you can always fall back on, God, 
you know, I, I'm, we're in a jam. We're having a problem. Remember, as, have we been trusting you, God, that this is your stuff? You've got to take care of this. And so my hope is that in this series, some of you that are like, okay, I'm a Christian, and I, I, I've been kind of camping out on this, I'm serving God over here, but I'm not letting God touch my money. I hope you'll, you'll take one spiritual step of maturity to, to grow closer to God, to be more mature as a believer, that you would say, okay, God, I'm going to open this door up, not to my money, but to your money. And I'm going to start trusting you with my stuff, God, because it all belongs to you. It's all sourced and given to me by you. And so I hope many of you in this series will not, sh- not show up, right? Because you're like, oh, we're talking about money. But you'll instead look at this is where I can go in my relationship of really learning how big and powerful and mighty God is. So here's how I want to end. I ask for a little crowd participation. Good news, I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not, not, not going to make you come forward. All I want to do is I want to ask you to get out your wallet. Just trust me on this. I'm not going to take anything from you, all right? Grab your wallet. And some of you guys, are, you're like a lady, and I'm like, but my purse is my wallet, and yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put my hand in there e- either, okay? Because, I mean, there's stuff that could bite you and take your hand off in women's purses, all right? If, if you don't have a wallet and your phone is your wallet, right, you guys are high-tech, and you, like, whip out, and here's your, like, swipe a little pass, you know, you know, credit card deal. Grab your phone if that's, that's how you, all right, that's what I'm doing, right? So I want everyone to hold your wallet, hold your phone up in the air. I'm going to end with this. I want you to say with me. My money belongs to, comes from, and is intended for God. Pray with me. God. As we wrap today's conversation, and as I have squirmed to say it, and many of us have squirmed to receive it, would you, in Jesus' name, through the power of the Holy Spirit who rose him from the dead, God, would you help us have victory over our money and keep it from having victory over us? And I pray for every man, woman, and child here today that they would take, not today, not like for this offering we're about to take. We always take this offering, God. But I pray that every man, woman, and child in this room would, in this series, take a spiritual step of trusting you. And God, I pray that you would help us to be an example to others you are large and in charge and we have submitted control to you and I pray that you would use that to keep us humble and to also keep us secure and grateful for you I pray for the families right now that are in a bad state financially God I pray that you would help them God I pray that they would trust you in the thick of their, 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 their conflict God, I pray you'd be with, be with them right now. Offer them up hope. Let them see that, that you have a way out. But God, I pray that you, they, would, they, would, they would do like what you called many people in the Old Testament to do, to put, step out first, put your feet in the water before you split the water open. God, I pray that we would take steps of faith to activate 
your grace and your trust in our lives. So God, we in Jesus' name ask for you to give us strength and you would unlock for us a freshness in our relationship, gratitude in our relationship, and freedom from our stuff. Let us own it and not it own us. We love you, Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen. I want to invite our host teams to come forward. We always take an offering this time. This is not a new thing today because of today's conversation, all right? This is a no-pressure thing. This is, this is a chance for those of us who are trusting God by faith for us to, to glorify God, to honor God. And many of you, you don't, you, don't, you don't drop anything in the bucket because you're high-tech. And we have, like, this cool, smart giving text thing today. Can I just say if you're a guest today, seriously, if you're a guest today, be our guest. We, we, we'd rather you be the recipients, right? We're the people that show up at the restaurant, and we're paying for the meal, right? Meal's on us today, right? You get that? This is on us. And we want to say this, too. And, we, and I mean this. If you're here today and you are hurting and struggling financially. If this bucket comes by and we dim the lights and you stand and it's kind of like a not an awkward moment. We want it to be like easy. I, I encourage you if you're struggling, you take what you need. That's our gift to you. And if that's not enough, you call our offices. You know, and we, 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 we want we, here's the deal. The church has no plan B. Right? When it comes to the world and, and helping people. We're plan A. So God's mission is the church for us to use our stuff for other people's forever. So pray with me one more time. God, leverage our stuff to grow our faith and enable others to find their way back to you. We love you, Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen.